Good morning. It is really good to be here this morning. It has been too long since I've been here. I'm Randy Lanthrop. Some of you may have come since I was here last. I'm Randy Lanthrop. I'm the senior pastor of Church in the Valley, believe it or not. Since I haven't been here, you may not be able to believe that. Uh, but I am, and uh, just because of some uh, uh, holiday schedule and travel things that were going on with me, I haven't been able to be here or haven't, hasn't worked out, hasn't synced up, and it seems like nothing's changed. We're right back here in the auditorium. <laughs> I, I heard that there was a lot of activity going on to move into the cafeteria, and I was actually looking forward to being there. But here we are, you know, God's in control and we can worship God in this room as well. Um, but anyway, it's good to be here. I'm going to continue the series that Alex has been doing uh, on Fools on Parade. And today we're looking at a Reactionary Fool. Uh, in the series, what we've been doing is looking at the basic strategies that people use to get what's important to them without factoring God into their life. This is native to us. We, we have this native tendency to try to figure out life on our own without God. Started in the garden, started with the first man and first woman when they decided to try to live life independent of God and caved into the temptation that uh, the enemy Satan presented to them. And so now uh, these foolish patterns show up and we're taking the time to look at the strategies that are clearly outlined in in scripture and the profiles of these five fools that emerge from the pages of the bible when we play the fool and try to get what we want on our own it's incredibly counterproductive and so behind all this we're trying to to look at these strategies so that we can identify them in our own life and really get past them. Um, like I said, they're, they're native to us. We live out these strategies in different ways uh, from birth as we try to make it without God. Uh, for instance, this is, I'm going to share one of the cringe moments. It's actually, it, it didn't bother me when I did this, but looking back, it's, it's sort of like I, I cringe and think, I Hard to believe I pulled that off, but uh, I was five. My sister was quite a bit older. She was about 17. She was going to go on a date with a guy, and they were going miniature golfing. I love miniature golfing at five. I really wanted to go. So the guy shows up. He comes into the living room, and they're getting ready to go on their date. And at just the right time, I throw a fit. And I'm on the floor crying, wailing, I want to go miniature golfing, I want to go miniature golfing. And my sister must not really like the guy because she brought me. So I went on the date, and I remember sitting in the front seat right between them. The guy couldn't have been very happy. Okay, he, I'm sure he was... It was like a one-and-done date kind of thing. I, don't, I didn't get to know the guy after that. <laughs> but uh, that is a great example of what we're talking about today. Nobody had to teach me that. That came naturally. I mean, it, it was a natural strategy I used to get what I want. And pretty effective in that instance. My sister's a softie, and she must not like the guy, as I said. But this is the basic strategy of the reactive wave fool. 
Today I'd like you to meet the reactive wave fool, the Avil. Uh, she's the one on your program, and uh, there she is on the screen. Um, the key tool, Avil, is the Hebrew word that correlates with these, these fool, or this fool. As you get into the scriptures, there are nine different words for fool. One English word, nine different Hebrew words. And as you track the different words, you can come up with five fools. That's where these come from. They come right out of the pages of the Bible. And so it's very instructive to look at their characteristics. The key tool of the reactive way fool, the avil, is upset. They use upset to get what they want. This is the way they, they roll. It's normal for a toddler to use this strategy. Maybe not as normal for a five-year-old. Uh, like I did. Um, and the goal of tra- the parents, uh, all parents, is to train this stuff out of their kids. But some people don't let go of this strategy. They hang on to it. They perfect it. They sophisticate it. And they polish it up and use it throughout their lives. And it becomes a useful tool to get what they want in the moment. And so they continue to use it. This fool is described in Proverbs 12:16. The fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. The word fool in that passage is evil, transliterated from the Hebrew evil. It's the reactive way fool. They show their annoyance at once, and they have a reason for doing that. They're trying to shut you up. They're trying to control what you do as a response to whatever's going on. I'd like to show you a couple of examples of this fool in a sitcom. These, these fools that we are talking about show up in sitcoms, TV shows, movies, all over the place. I'd like to show you a couple of examples from the sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond. And I'd like you to particularly watch how upset is used by Raymond's wife and his mom to attempt to control what his brother Robert's doing. So let's check this out. What are you mad at me? What did I do? <laughs> what did you do? Hey, look, you're the one who told Amy about Stefania in the first place. You should be apologizing to me. is tell Amy the truth about everything. Or better yet, not be such a pig in the first place. That's the worst apology I've ever gotten. (laughs) Why would you get involved with someone else when you already have a relationship? What, does juggling three women at a time make you cool? (laughs) Uncool. You know, if that's the only way that you can build your self-esteem, then you are pathetic and you don't deserve to be with anyone. Yeah, it's easy for you to say. What was that? Play down, play dead. <laughs> we all know about you, okay, Deb? You were popular. You juggled guys all the time. How many guys asked you to your senior prom, huh? Five? Six? You want to know who I took to my prom? Our cousin Nellie. He threw up on her. 
Somebody spike the punch! Okay, well, I'm really sorry about you and your cousin, but that was high school. I grew up. I realized that the only thing that matters is having someone that understands me. It'll be there for me. Somebody that I want to grow old with. Get off of me! <laughs> You felt that way about Amy. Well, I did. I do. Then why would you fool around with Stefania? Have you seen Stefania? <laughs> I just saw Amy. She's crying. Did you break up again? Yeah, and I think it's for good this time, Mom. But it's all right. I'll be fine. You'll be fine? What about me? Oh. <laughs> Amy was going to give me more friends. Oh, come on. And stop I'm going to talk of a guest house. And oh. I could leave your father if I wanted. Stop it. Oh, stop it. Oh, stop. I can't do this anymore. I can't. Do you want to kill me? Because you're killing me. <laughs> Sorry. Good. I'll pick up this phone and tell that to Amy. Oh, Ma, I can't call her now. Well... I could see how that's be a little awkward. Don't worry, I know what to say. No, we... Stop it, Ma! Just stop it! I blew it, it's over. She'll never take me back. No, we are not giving up. We could still work this out. Will you let it go, all right? It's my life! I'll do what I want! Who's been telling him it's his life? When did you see that? Uh, because perfect interplay between a Casile husband and brother-in-law and a and a veal woman, mom particularly, she's full-blown. The wife uses upset at times, maybe not as committed to the pattern. But you see it. You know, you like that? Play dead. Hey, play dead. It's what we do. That's what we Casiles do. And then just all kinds of boundaries being broken in order to control, to get what, what they want. This is the way it plays out in life. It's a picture of how this fool operates in everyday life. You can tell at the end of the clip, Robert might do a dance to make it seem like he's doing what they want, but his heart's not changed. It hasn't, hasn't been very, very effective at all. Uh, we can all do this. We show annoyance immediately because we want to override uh, whatever the other person is doing or we want to squash their suggestions or their opposition to our plan. With the reactive way fool, it's a way of life. This is what they do. It's a very, it's a very painful person to relate to. If you relate to a reactive way person... Very, very painful. It's, it's kind of like hugging a cactus. So you, you just don't do that. What, what happens is, with this pattern, people start keeping their distance. They, they don't get close. They, they just, it's so unpleasant that, that they just don't want to be near them. The core problem with all the foolish strategies is a lack of faith. Just this, in the flow of life, this desire to not want to do life God's way and trusting Him to come through as we live that way. The reactive way fool aims to get my way no matter what. 
no matter what it takes, <laughs> no matter how I go about this, no matter what God says about treating people the right way, respecting them, giving them dignity, no matter what, I'm going to do it. As we've been saying, biblical fools are morally deficient, not mentally deficient. It's different. In English, sort of silly, maybe just stupid. But in, in the Scriptures, fool means you are morally deficient. In other words, you are breaking through all kinds of boundaries that God has set up in life to get your way. They, they overlook what's right to get their way. This fool has some clear characteristics. They are, first of all, rebellious. Um, they, they always have a better way. They, they know a better way. They're adversarial. They're not cooperative. Even some conversations can be like driving down a road with speed bumps every five feet. Just <laughs> it, can, it can be rough. They're, they're adversarial. Um, they're controlling and manipulative. They, they try to move people like chess pieces in, in life. The reactive wave fool wants to run the show, and as a result, people tend to run away, to pull away from them, trying to avoid them. Here's a rundown of the reactive way approach to life. A, this is a composite from Scripture. You can pile all the Scriptures that have this Hebrew word together. And this is a composite, a profile that you come up with of this fool. First of all, they follow reluctantly. If it's not their idea, it's not a good idea. And it could be a bad idea if it's not their idea. They, they choose goals for the authority over them. Uh, at work, for instance, they come up with ideas that they insist should be implemented. And they present them to the boss and they press and they push and they try to make sure the boss goes along with it. Same thing happens on, in groups and families and groups and teams and church life all, all over. This is the way they approach life. They talk while the leader is speaking. Whatever the authority, you know, they're, they're the ones in the back or to the side or whatever. They're just because they have a better plan or they're correcting what the guy's saying or, you know, it's just not working out that great. Relationships in general. This is how they relate to authority. And relationships in general, they're unforgiving. They, they uh, really make you pay if you cross them. They decide what others ought to do. This is, the way, this is the way it rolls. This is a repellent <laughs> to others. Uh, when you manipulate, push, control others, um, there, there's, a, there's a real problem because you're disrespecting them. And as a result, they may go along at first, but eventually they just pull back. They just pull back from you. And you, you don't, you just don't get close to a, a porcupine. And you try to stay, stay some distance away. Uh, they're quick to anger, just like the Casile, but for a different reason. They use anger as a tool. They upset the tool to get what they want. The Casile uses anger when they get caught being lazy or lying because they've been lazy and trying to sneak around to make sure they can continue to be lazy. So they use anger for a different reason than the Casile. Uh, they experience frequent arguments. There's conflict, tension, animosity. It follows them like a wake follows a boat. Um, 
and it, it can throw, you know, if you're trying to ski behind a boat and another boat flies by and their wake hits you, you know, it's kind of rough. It can throw you off. And that's, that's what happens as you relate to a reactive wave fool. They refuse to take responsibility for their own wrongdoing. Uh, they almost never apologize and ask forgiveness. And then finally, they refuse to listen to advice. Why would someone who has a plan for everyone else need advice? They, they just don't. If people would just do what they want, life would be good. So they, they don't open up to hear what other people say. All of these characteristics add up uh, to what you read in Proverbs 27.3. A stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. That fool is the avil. It's heavy. Having them in a family, in a group, uh, on a team, at work, it weighs everyone down and creates extra tension. And, and making progress, the right kind of progress, is like trying to ride a, a bike with a warped wheel. It's just... That is, it's just rough. The friction they create slows down progress toward the right things in a big way. They generate a great deal of ill will in relationships. Having an enjoyable conversation with an, an avil, with a reactive way fool, is so difficult that family, friends, bosses, and coworkers stop telling them everything they really need to know. Because it's so hard. It's hard to have it enjoyable. Why would you want to just lay it all out there when they're going to be picking at everything? So you sort of measure your words. Everything gets such a reaction, it's just not worth the drama to talk it through. Kids leave things out of their stories if they haven't avial mom or dad. If they're waiting for the reaction, um, they're just leaving stuff out of their stories. They start sneaking around. Uh, rather than have to deal with the overreaction or the reaction of their mom or dad. A boss really needs information in the moment, real-time information. But if, if you're a boss who's quick to anger, then employees are holding back on information. They're just, they're just measuring. They're just giving you what they think they have to tell you because they're afraid you're going to blow same thing with uh, employees. An employee who makes it difficult on their boss, that really gives them a rough time uh, by trying to control their work environment, setting goals for the boss, coming up with ideas that they think the boss has to work through. Uh, they're not giving him the respect they should. Well, the boss leaves you out of important conversations. And they, they start measuring their words with you. You get marginalized and you're not able to make the progress at work that you really would want to. Resentment builds among friends because rather than listen, you always have a perfect fix uh, for the situation. And then you badger your friends so they'll do what you think they should. That's the, the role. Here's a honey badger. This is kind of a, I don't know if you call it a, a pup or a kitten. I'm not sure what you call a young honey badger. But cute, kind of cute. Looks sort of like a skunk, but they have a wider white uh, mark on their back. Uh, pretty cute. 
But here is a full-grown honey badger bearing its teeth and ready for a fight. Now, these animals can take down grizzlies. Hard to believe. I've seen it. I've seen a YouTube video on it. I was watching. And it's grizzlies back off because they're persistent. They, they sneak around and they, they start gnawing and grabbing at them, biting at them. And, and that's, that's, that's a great picture of the uh, reactive wave fool. People get so vexed relating to the reactive wave fool that they just sort of start leaving them to themselves, leaving them alone, giving them space. This is the way it goes. Lions don't like to mess with these in the desert. They sort of keep their distance. When people see reactive wave people in the grocery store, what do you do? You just sort of, you try to avoid them. <laughs> there they are, they're in that aisle. I don't want to catch eyes. I don't, I don't want to get in a conversation, no telling where that's going to go. This foolish strategy has a tremendous negative impact on relationships and on the people who choose it as a way of life. It boomerangs to hurt them, them more and more as time goes by. And often they don't realize it. There, there are long-term problems and damage that come from using this approach. First of all, plans keep falling apart. You're, you're wondering why they, you know, if, if this is your, your way, uh, to whatever degree it's your way, plans keep falling apart, and you're wondering why no one else will cooperate with you. Because they've learned. You know, I don't, I don't want to get in on that. Uh, sickness is associated with this fool. In Scripture, you see sickness. Uh, rather than family and home growing stronger, it's torn down. See that in Proverbs 14.1. The image for this series, this Fools on Parade series, is actually an update from the original. This is, this is the, a picture. I think we have a picture of the gal on the screen. Um, yeah, there she is. Um, there's a picture of the update kind of a normal-looking, everyday gal who's just a little angry. This is the original uh, that's, that's in, that was... We, we did a series called Meet the Mockers uh, a while back. I think it was 2005. And fools are mockers in Scripture. That's what they're called often. It's translated fool or mocker uh, because they're mocking God. They're not, they're not wanting to do life God's way. They're, they're mocking Him in the way they approach life. This is a full-blown reactive way person. You can see the wear and tear on her uh, face and on her um, countenance for sure. A pattern like this can become such a part of the person and the way that they, they live that they don't realize the impact on themselves and on the people around them. The stress of trying to control their world and the people around them, it wears them down and it causes sickness. They end up alone because they're so frustrated with others that they decide they're just going to have to do it themselves and the people around them want to leave them alone. And so they end up very much alone. The main reason we're doing this series and talking through these things uh, as we are is to help us all to identify the, these profiles and the characteristics of the fools so that 
if we're living some of these out, we can change. This, this is why we're doing it. It's easy, it's easy to look at the profiles and to realize, wow, I, I know that some people that fit these profiles. And any resemblance of the pictures is not intentional. That, not, yeah, there's no intent there. But, you know, people come to mind. Primarily, what you, what's tempting to do is you get into the Scripture, it's like a mirror, and you see things about yourself. That's the primary use of what we do on Sunday mornings. Secondarily is to help, like parents, to help your kids. As you see these patterns in your kids, try to train them out. As you're responsible to lead those, uh, maybe at work or in... Uh, in church life here or in different situations, as you're responsible to lead, you can identify things that are going on and create boundaries and step in and make correction when you need to. So our goal is not to, oh, wow, look at what's going on. There's no hope. There's a tremendous amount of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ to get past these things. And understanding this really helps. But after looking into God's word this morning, you may recognize some characteristics of this fool. Um, You may realize that you resemble this profile. Uh, The first week of this series, we looked at the sources of these patterns. They come from our heart. That's what scripture says. Life springs out of our heart. It grows out of our heart. And that's where these patterns come from. There are three embedded heart problems. In, in, in all of us that cause havoc. They're sad, S-A-D, selfishness, arrogance, and damage. The first two fools that we've looked at, Casile and Evil, the, the easy way and the reactive way, they grow out of the selfishness, the Eveleth folly, that turns into different ways of strategies of getting what we want. But what all that means is, we need to change at the heart level in order to grow away from these destructive patterns, these counterproductive patterns in our lives. God wants to change our heart. But especially for the reactive way fool, he will only work with us if we resign as the ruler of the universe. (laughs) We have to decide that I'm not going to rule my life. I'm not going to try to rule the lives of others. I'm going to resign and I'm going to let God be the one who's in charge. I'm going to let Him be the one who's ruling. When we trust God, He makes us new and He begins to change us. That's what you see in Scripture. When you decide to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, putting your faith in Him, putting your faith in God, deciding to live His way, He gives us a new heart. He he changes us from the inside out. Following Christ means that we choose to live for His will rather than expecting others to do our will. And you see the benefit. You see the fruit of trusting God in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Or actually 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Instead of deciding what others ought to do, rather than trying to get what you want your way, you acknowledge God. God, I'm going to think about what you want right here in this situation. I'm going to quit trying to do it my way. I'm going to...
quit being mainly concerned that I get what I want out of this. And I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to live your way. I'm going to acknowledge you. I'm going to trust you to make my path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. This is the way out. When we decide to follow Christ, what happens is the Old Testament would say we've decided to fear the Lord. We looked at that in this series. How fearing God means that you realize He's watching everything that's going on in your life and you take Him seriously and you live within His boundaries. When you decide to follow Jesus Christ, you do that very thing. You realize Jesus lived, died, raised from the dead and he's watching all that goes on. He wants to help us. He wants to help us walk away from these foolish patterns. He wants to change us from the inside out. And when we trust him, he heals us. He gives us a new life. So let's look at how to let God change this pattern. How do we do that? First of all, we need to ask God to help us see the consequences uh, from your folly, the damages the damage that's being done in relationships and in projects and in everything that's going on. If your plans keep falling apart or the, ha- the household seems to be dissolving, ask God to show you your part of the trouble. If this is your pattern, either, you know, we all fall along a spectrum, you know, really committed to the reactive way or less committed. But if this is your pattern, ask God to help you see it. Because you're not likely going to be open to that. So you need God's help to see what's going on. We need help. We all need help to connect the dots between the trouble in our lives and our part in it. The habit pattern that may be generating some of the trouble. Now, not all trouble is our fault. It's, it's not all ours. Some, or most of it is, depending on how committed you are to these foolish patterns. To not living in wisdom. So ask God for help. This is the first step to making things right, to growing away from this. And when you admit it, when you see something that you're doing, confess it to God. God, you're right. I shouldn't break that boundary. I shouldn't treat people that way. I shouldn't push them. I'm not respecting them. God, you are so right. When we agree with him, that's what confession is. He forgives us completely of that. So when you see it, confess if, if we're willing to accept fault, God very graciously forgives and He begins to bring healing. Second, the second way out of this pattern is to focus on what God wants you to do, not what others ought to do. In each situation, as life flows by, we make choice after choice after choice. And we're deciding how we're going to respond to what's going on. Number one in our mind should be, God, how do you want me to respond? Not what everybody else around should be doing. So we, we, need, to, we need God's help for this again. Uh, Galatians 6, 4 through 5 says, Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct before God. God gives each of us a life. 
and he holds us accountable for our life. I'm accountable for mine, you're accountable for yours. He's watching and checking out what we're going to do with what he's given us. The life he's given, the things he's given. We're made in the image of God. This gives us a tremendous amount of dignity before God and before others. Everybody on the face of the earth has a tremendous amount of worth and dignity because everyone is made in the image of the living God. If you try to control another human being, that is highly offensive to God our Maker. It really offends Him. And beyond that, it generates a tremendous amount of resentment in the person you're trying to control because they don't belong to you. They aren't accountable to you. We're accountable to the living God. And so following Christ means, first of all, that we choose to live for His will rather than expecting others to do our will. Um, as, as you think about these things, ask God to help you see the damage that you're doing in relationships by using upset to get your way. And humble yourself to receive God's help to overcome this strategy. The opposite of folly is wisdom in Scripture. Jesus wants to lead us toward wisdom. He wants to lead us to grow in it. He wants to show us what it looks like. In fact, in Colossians 2.3 it says, it's speaking of Jesus, in Him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. They're all wrapped up in Him. And so as you decide to follow Christ, as you set your heart to do what He says. You get into Scripture, you find out what He says about things, and you set out to follow Him. God gives wisdom. Just by simply doing what you read in the Word. Jesus' Word. As you live that out, He changes you over time. If you know Him already, confess the times when you use this upset. And get back on track. Let God be in control. If you don't yet know Christ, I want to encourage you to investigate Him. Consider giving yourself. Resign. You don't have to rule the world. You can resign yourself to follow Him and decide to let Him be in control as, as He is. As I wrap up the message today, I'd like to ask you if you would. I'd like to ask the band to come up uh, back up on stage. And I'd like to ask you to take out your connection card, if you would, and you could finish completing any information or next steps that you find on there. And then when the offering uh, comes around, when we're about to receive it in a few moments, you can drop the card in the offering when it comes by. But here are some next steps that I'd like to suggest as we uh, wrap up this morning. My next step today is, for the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior and will follow Him as Lord. That might be a step. You've been investigating what it means. You're ready to give your life to Christ. We'd love to know about that because we'd like to encourage you in, in your faith as you come to know Christ and begin to walk with Him. Second step could be ask God to help me see the consequences or the damages 
from this foolish pattern. That's what I'm going to do. Every day this week, I'm going to just, as I pray in the morning, God, would you help me see today how I'm using upset to get my way? Would you help me see these patterns in me? And then final step, go back and clear up relationships that have been damaged because of this pattern. If you can think of some, go back and clear those up. And God will be pleased and you'll find a tremendous amount of freedom in doing that. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth we see in your word. Thank you, God, for, for the way that it really sets us free uh, to, to be the people you've made us to be. Thank you for your grace, your kindness, your mercy. And as we walk with you, I pray that you give us the power to take the steps you've laid on our hearts to take today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.